0: Thank you for joining us. We pray that as you listen today, that you are encouraged and inspired. And we would love for you to connect with us on social media. Now here's today's message. Submit yourselves then to God. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. He'll run. He'll trip over himself to get not out of your presence, but to get out of the presence of the God that you and I serve in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the price of freedom is not cheap. Tell him, get it and then keep it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we go to the text today, I want to just remind us of where we've been the last few sessions. Talking about total submission and yielding. Yielding to a more powerful or a more authoritative entity, anytime we submit, we are literally saying, you get to make the decisions. You get to call every shot. And so we should only submit to a power or entity that is greater than us. There is only one power and uh, entity that is worthy of submission, and that is Jesus Christ. And when you submit to him, and he becomes an everyday part of your life, believer, it will not only evict the devil from your life, but it will announce to the devil, you can't stay here. You can't even visit here because there's a bigger God. There's a stronger God. There's a more powerful force. A friend of mine in Chicagoland does illustrated sermons almost every Sunday. And a few years ago, uh, he brought a live lion on stage. Like, I'm talking about the, the full mane, male, big lion. And they rolled it out in a huge cage. And I remember when he sent me the video, that lion paced that cage one time, and he never took his eyes off of the audience. And he paced one time, and he looked across the room, and then he yawned, and he laid down. And then my friend preached it this way. He said, and he had, he had one of the, the guides with him that was taking, control, taking care of the lion. He said, why did he do that? This is what the guide said. He said, the first thing a lion will always do in a new environment is he will look and see if there is a threat capable of hurting, harming, or killing him. When he looks and scans everything in the vicinity and he finds out that there's no threat, he lays down and he goes to sleep. Can I tell you that we have the Lion of Judah inside of us? and I want to preach to somebody today that you're saying, God, why aren't you speaking? God, why aren't you moving? God, it seems like nothing is happening. Could it be that the lion of the tribe of Judah showed up in your mess and said, that's not going to work. That's not going to come to pass. That's not going to take you out. That's not going to kill you. That's not going to destroy your marriage. That's not going to take you. And so it isn't that God doesn't care. It's just like when he was on the boat and he went to sleep. He said, I know the power I have is greater than the hurricane that we're about to go through. Sometimes, and this is not even in my notes, sometimes God says, peace be still, not for him, but for you. Master, don't you care that we perish Wake up, we're in the middle of a hurricane. He wakes up and he says, Peace be still. And the Bible says that the ocean, the waves lay down at his feet. I am here to tell you sometimes silence of, of, of God is greater than the voice of God because it means that the lion does not perceive a threat and you are going to outlive whatever you are facing today. Somebody say, I'm free. And I'm planning on staying that way. When we create space and we give God a place in our life, we leave no room for the adversary. When we create space between us and Christ is when we give the devil place. But Christ has set us free to live a free life. Don't waste your freedom, don't waste the blood of Christ. He died so that we might have free. We we might have freedom and be free. God did not die on a cross to save your soul so you could die from cancer. God God did not die on a cross and save your soul so you could have trouble paying your light bill. God did not die on a cross to save your soul so you would let gossip and bitterness and unforgiveness and division tear you down. Christ has set us free so that we can live free. So I want to encourage everybody in the room today, use your freedom. Use your freedom not to sin, not to act like the world. Use your freedom to be all that God has created you to be and to do what he's created you to do. And we left last week talking about if you're going to stay free, you are going to have to stand firm. Ephesians 6.13 says, put on the full armor of God. For those of you who haven't been here for a while, I preached on, on the subject uncovered are naked from the neck down. A lot of us have put on the helmet of salvation, and that's all we care about, but we're not covered from the neck down. We don't have the righteousness that is our breastplate. Our feet are not shod with peace. We don't have the belt of truth. Our loins are not girded, and I want to encourage you. It takes the full armor because, again, I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. The devil does not work on shifts. The devil does not only come against you when you're awake. The devil does not take vacations or Christmas off. The devil is all always coming at you, trying to get you to backslide and go back to who you used to be. But I am here to tell you, once God makes you free, do everything you can to stay free. And the only way you can stand firm is to put on the whole armor of the God so that when the devil comes, not if, Paul said, when he shows up, you may be able to stand your ground. Can I talk to the husbands? You are standing ground for you and your marriage and your family. Can I talk to the ladies and the wives? You are standing for your marriage, for your family. Can I talk to the kids? You are standing for your generation. It's not just about you. It's about what God is going to do through you. It's about what God has called you to do. Stand firm. And the Bible says, says, and when you've done everything to stand, stand firm, therefore. Keep standing. When you want to stop standing, stand. When you want to quit, stand. When you want to sit down, stand. Why? Because Jesus didn't hang on a cross for us to wuss out right at the end. Stand firm. The price of freedom. Church, it took the blood and the breath of Jesus. The price to keep your freedom, it will take our submission and our obedience. Church, I've noticed that when we receive something for free and we receive something that does not cost us something, we do not appreciate it. How many of you have ever seen somebody get something for free and not take care of it? If you have kids, you know what I mean. You buy a house, they wreck their room. You buy them a car, you sit in that car, and your feet stick to the floor like the galaxy movie theater here in town in 1988. If they don't pay for it, they're not going to appreciate it. Realize that even though you didn't pay for your sin, that there has been a great price paid for your sin. There has been a great value placed on your life. You are not your own, the Bible says. You were purchased with a price. So I've noticed if they don't pay for it, they don't appreciate it, they don't take care of it the same as if they had purchased it. I remember when I was growing up, and and Mandy can attest to this and and tell you this is the God's honest truth in the last 20 years of being married. I remember uh, growing up when my mom did all my laundry, somebody say amen, that if I took something out of the closet, put it on, and didn't like the way it looked, instead of hanging it back up or folding it, I would put it in the dirty clothes. It's not my water, not my detergent, not my time, therefore it's not my problem. However, however, When I got married, I found out if I want to stay married, that I'm not going to treat my wife like a maid or a cook or like live in help. Somebody say amen. I found out when I started paying my own dry cleaning, is it really dirty? Is it really messed up? I sweat a lot. I still have to fight saying, I can get one more Sunday out of it. No, it needs to go to the cleaners because you sweated through that one. I found out when... I'm paying the bills. I found out when I realized the value of what I have that I'm not going to waste it and I'm going to protect it at all costs. Can I just remind you, church, your peace was not free. So you've got to protect it at all costs. Your joy was not free. You've got to protect it at all costs. I'm sorry, you can't come over to my house. Why? Because I've noticed every- Every time I spend an afternoon with you, my peace is stolen. And it's not that you took something off of my dresser. It's not that you took my car. You took something so much more valuable for me because Jesus didn't die to give me a house or a car. He died so that I might have joy unspeakable, peace that passes all understanding. I've learned to protect my peace not because it cost me something great. But the God that I say I love, it cost him everything. Not, not an extra 20, not an extra 50. It cost him everything, so I'm not going to waste it. I, I'm learning in this season of my life, church, to be grateful and have gratitude for the abstract things that God has given me. I've learned to say, God, thank you for peace. God, I'm thankful that I don't wake up needing a substance to make it through the day. God, I'm grateful for salv- I'm grateful for your power and your anointing that rest on me. That no matter what I'm going through, God, the freedom you gave me is the freedom I'm living in. And every time the enemy comes back to see if I'm still for real, he's gonna see I still have the freedom after eight years, after 18 years, after 80 years. The price to keep your freedom will take everything you have. If we realize what it cost, we would fight to keep it. When was the last time you let the enemy rob you of something God gave you? When was the last time that you allowed the enemy to sneak in one night and after God moved heaven and earth to bring you to a state of mind of of tranquility and peace knowing that everything is going to be all right? How come you let that person from your old life come in on Facebook and mess with your peace? Why is it that the freedom that God died to give you is so easily traded and what we trade it for is not even comparable? We trade our peace for chaos. We trade our joy for drama. We trade all of those things because the enemy does not look like the enemy when he shows up to steal from you. Robbers and thieves sometimes don't wear masks and they don't have guns. Sometimes the biggest thief in your life has the same last name as you. Sometimes the biggest thief in your life is sitting next to you at the church. That's why you have to understand, God, if you die to give it to me, I'm going to use discernment to make sure everything I have, I keep. Your freedom, my freedom, it was expensive. I've taught my kids, or I've done my best to teach my kids not to calculate what things cost in money, but to calculate what things cost by time. Jaden's working at Chick-fil-A. She works 30, 35 hours a week. And when she wants to buy something, I ask her, how much is that going to cost? And she says, oh, that's going to cost $200. And then I say, well, $200 is $200, but let's divide that by how many hours it took you to get that 200 Are you willing to pay 10 hours of your life for that thing? would you trade 10 hours of who you are what you can do for that thing and a lot of times she says no i won't and she makes a better decision based off of not what it cost in numerical amount but what it cost her in her life can i just remind you that what god did for us did not was not purchased with money it was not purchased it was purchased with his life it was purchased with his blood it was purchased with his breath it was purchased with his time and so i will never trade what God has given me for something that does not have a spiritual value, a future value, if it does not help my vision and bring vis- a value to the vision God has given me, then why would I trade it? God invites us, church, to be a part of the freedom process, and all it costs us is submission to him. You say, well, I don't want anybody telling me who, what to do and where to go and when to do it. Well, it's not anybody. It's God. It's the God that created you, and it's the God that created your future. It's the God that sits high, looks low, knows where you are, knows where the enemy is, knows what you are capable of, knows what he is capable of, knows what God himself is capable of. And so when God tells you to do something, it is not a hope that it works out. It is not a, well, I think this is going to work. When God gives you an eye direction and we submit to that, it is because God has already stood in August. God has already stood in 2024. God has already stood in 20, 30, 34, and he knows that if you do this today, you are going to get to the tomorrow you've been dreaming about. But if you pull back your submission, I cannot be held responsible for what is going to happen. Therefore, when God invites you to the freedom process, it should be yes. Christ purchased our freedom. Christ gave us our freedom. We embraced our freedom, but here it is, church. Now we must do everything to keep and maintain our freedom. I've said this many years, and I'll say it again today. Maintenance is so much more difficult than getting something. Maintenance takes work. You can go across the street to Jordan Ford, and as long as you have two, two pay stubs and a decent credit score, they're going to let you drive off the lot with an $80,000 truck. What they're not going to remind you is the 84 payments you will now owe them. What they will not tell you is that the $80,000 truck after you get through paying for it is really going to be like a $120,000 truck. They're not going to remind you that gas or diesel is now $325 a gallon and you're going to have to fill that bad boy up once a week for $100. They're not going to tell you that you don't get the cheap, cheap oil changes. If you're like me, my F-250, it costs me almost $200 now to change my oil. They don't tell me that when I'm on the showroom floor. And a lot of times we get emotional on a Sunday, and I'm preaching to somebody today, and we come down and we say, God, I need freedom. And God says, I have no problem giving you freedom. It in fact has already been paid for. 2,000 years ago, I bled on a cross and died and spent three days in hell kicking the devil's tail to take the to death, hell, and the grave back. I resurrected the same power that is now that was in me is now available to you. If you want freedom, you've got freedom. There's no magical prayer you've got to pray. You just have to say yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to me, freedom shows up. But freedom on a Sunday at Living Way at 1155 is nothing. I don't think anybody's taken a hit of crack since they've been at Living Way. I don't think anybody's looked at pornography since they've been at Living Way. I'm talking about since you've been here this morning. I know some of y'all have done that since you've been coming to Living Way. I know that no one's cheated on their spouse in the pew today. This is the least of my worries of where I want freedom. My freedom needs to travel with me out that back door. My freedom can't just be under the bright lights at Living Way. My freedom has to be in the dark moments of Thursday night at 11.55 when no one is there. I'm not talking about getting freedom. I'm talking about staying free, keeping freedom, maintaining your freedom. They didn't didn't talk about car insurance across the road. They didn't talk about about rotating tires, which I rarely do. They didn't talk about none of that. They just said, we can make it really easy to get you into this vehicle. See, church, Jesus made it very easy to get us into freedom. But it's a lot harder, this is what I'm going to say, for him to get freedom in us. Let me say that again. Jesus made it really easy for us to get into freedom. But it is a lot harder for Jesus to get freedom into us. See, we love the worship song. And we love what we feel in this place. And you, there's, there's a few dozen people. If you talk to them before you leave today, they're going to pump your faith up. They're going to encourage you. You're going to go out looking for Goliaths and lions and bears to slay. And I love that. But it's not just this atmosphere. We need it on our jobs. You need it wherever you go in your families. And so I want to end with Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. This is what Jesus said. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, that's what we call freedom. When it comes out of a person, it goes through the arid places, seeking rest and does not find it. See, this is this right here is why when you go to the, the story of the man at Gadara who was so demon-possessed and was living in a state where all of his freedom had been taken, he was naked, living in... The cemetery. They tried to chain him up and the demonic spirits would break those chains. He was trying to kill himself, cutting himself, could not, and the Bible says, and I don't want to get too far into that story, but when Jesus comes, the Bible says the man worshipped him, and after all of that discord, where did Jesus send the spirits? He sent them into the pigs. The pigs ran off the cliff into the water. Here's something that should excite you and terrify you all at the same time. When a spirit leaves, It's looking for a host. That's why if if I'm casting out devils, I better make sure there's no room in me. That's why if you come to a devil casting out church, you better make sure you are so full of God. There is no room for the adversary. It says it, it casts them out of a person that goes through the air places seeking rest and does not find it. It then says, I will return to the house I left. I'll return to the life I left. I'll return to the body I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house three ways. Unoccupied, swept and clean, and put in order. Freedom is three things, church. Freedom is when God empties us of everything that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Can I just give you a personal testimony of the way I see my freedom in Jesus. Before Jesus, I had the evil spirits working on the inside of me coming out. But when I said yes to Jesus, and he freed me of those evil spirits, the devil does not have a right in my body. The most he can do is come at me, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I'm so full of Holy Ghost there's no room for the devil there's no room number two he said he found it clean God will clean you of your past but unless you fill yourself up with the things of God your past is coming back better said you're going back to your past You got free, but you didn't stay free. Number three, I'm almost out of time. Said he found the house put in order. Freedom is God bringing order to your life. I don't like disorder. One of the greatest blessings is when Mario and Lauren showed up because they brought order and organization to my chaos life. God wants to bring order to your life. One of the worst things that happened to me while I was at camp, y'all, four-hour service, Jayden and I had laid hands on hundreds of people. All I needed was a Dr. Pepper. I went to the soda machine. Out of order. I was so disappointed. Y'all, I drank a Coke. That's how disappointed I was. How many times... Has God wanted to do something in our lives, but because we didn't stay free, our lives are out of order.